a Bad Neighborhood. My name is M. They, them. This is Karen. She, her. Hi. <gasps> I heard you this time. <laughs> it can happen. <laughs> and today we bring you Roanoke. But first, I have an important message. Have you heard of the Splunk? I have not heard of the Splunk until you told me you were going to be telling me about the Splunk. The Squonk is a cryptid. He lives in Pennsylvania. Specifically, the hemlock forests of Pennsylvania. The Squonk has a scientific name of Lacrimacorpus dissolvens. Which and means? he is... I don't fucking know. Spell it out <laughs> for me. Like, put literally? It doc. No, put it in the doc. No, put it in the chat. Lacrimorph. I can't. I can't. You can't can't copy and paste it. Lacrimocorpus dissolvens. That's what Google's for. You're welcome. Oh, it's a musical group. Squonk? Um, No. Or Lacrimocorpus. Lacrimocorpus dissolvens. Probably named after the squonk. The pitiable awful little squonk yeah they're uh from mexico oh the squonk is the most depressed and pitiful little creature ever it's so ugly that it makes itself cry constantly it's so upset about how it looks it (laughs) it's skin is too big for it. Its skin is too big for it? Its skin is too big for it. It's like, you know, when you look at a pug and it's all wrinkly and shit? Oh, yeah. And then you get a pug who has, like, more skin than necessary? Yeah. You're like, where are the eyes? Oh. And the pug is like, I don't know, I can't breathe because my nose is getting pressed up inside of my head. Oh, but people think the pugs are cute. No, squonk, worse. Oh. Worse. And it's covered in warts. And it's like, gross looking. <laughs> well, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's It looks like it has just these terrible little tumors all over it. The poor thing. And it walks around, like, at night. It's a nocturnal creature, and it cries. That's the thing about it. It cries. It literally just cries. And if it if it's a moonlit night, it cries even louder. It doesn't really... It doesn't really go out because it's too bright, because what if it looks into some water or a puddle and it sees itself? Oh, no. So... There, there's a one cataloged failed capture of a squonk. Uh, Mr. J.P. Wentling, formerly of Pennsylvania, but now at St. Anthony Park, Minnesota, had a disappointing experience with a squonk near Mont Alto. He made a clever capture by mimicking the squonk and inducing it to hop into a sack in which he was carrying it home when suddenly the burden lightened and the weeping ceased. Wentling unslung the sack and looked in. There was nothing but tears and bubbles. Oh. Yes. The squonk will literally, literally 
dissolve itself in its own tears. That's what it means. Lacrima corpus dissolvens. Dissolves oneself in tears? Yeah. Oh. Because corpus is body. Lacrima uh-huh. is like your, is tears. And then dissolvens, dissolve. But yeah. There, and you know, there's a, uh, it's, <laughs> it's so known for this that in science, there's something called, um, oh, excuse me. In science, there's something called a chemical squonk, <gasps> which is a reference to the squonk. Basically, certain molecules and mixed with certain acids they become unstable and dissolve themselves oh whoa yeah wow <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> and it's based off like the the name it, it, for it yeah. is based off of the squonk that is so funny yeah the squonk was recorded uh in like the 1930s no, the 1910s, here it is, uh, 1910 in Fearsome Creatures of the Lumberwoods with a Few Desert and Mountain Beasts by uh, William T. Cox. And it was also written down in a book called Fearsome Critters by uh, Henry H. Tryon in 1939. Okay. So it can at least be traced back to then, like, in literature, yes. well, in, in a book, but probably has oral tradition as well i imagine but like these are the very first accounts of it that are available and looking around there's really not much to dig up mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm thinking it's along the same lines as like the hairy trout i don't know what that is it's a trout with hair on it oh i don't like that <laughs> I don't like that why would it well, need hair because it's hairy, Karen. It's cold in the water. It doesn't need that. It doesn't. There's a reason that sea creatures do not have hair. Like, I mean, some creatures have fur, but not hair. Fur and hair are the same thing. I mean, it, it's furry. No. no, it's different. It's different. Fur and hair is different. It's different, right? It's cute. I, I'll <laughs> tell you, the hairy trout is very very cute really it is maybe i'll cover that <laughs> next week karen covers the fur bearing trout, the fur-bearing trout. <laughs> it is adorable oh man it's like a little fluffy guy now i'm excited it's <laughs> just a little fluffy guy <laughs> but you're afraid of fish i'm afraid of being eaten by fish I'm not in the water with the fur trout. That's true. I'm just looking at pictures of it. He's a little hairy man. He's a little hairy man. So many cryptids are hairy. Yeah. This is like fish Bigfoot. Fish Bigfoot. (laughs) That's Nessie. Okay? Nessie (laughs) is the water Bigfoot. (laughs) But Nessie doesn't have hair. You're right. Next week, the hairy trout. Thank you, Em, for presenting on the squonk. I learned so much. Poor thing. It's still out there crying to this day.
Yeah. Like, um, makes me think of that SpongeBob episode. He was so ugly, everyone died. Yeah. (laughs) But this time it kills itself, so that's kind of different, but... (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, um, let's talk about a historical mystery that's captivated pretty much mostly just white people. (laughs) (laughs) You're not sorry maybe that's mean but i'm like (laughs) when you look at when you look at everything you're just like oh everybody else knows what happened yeah yeah everybody's kind of figured out what happened except for the people who are like no no it can't have been that simple or it can't have been that way and it's like but it can (laughs) <laughs> but, it, but it can. Um, so I'm going to present to you today the lost colony of Roanoke. Woo! <laughs> so first I want to get started on kind of the geography of the area because I feel like that's a really important part when you're talking about history stuff mm-hmm. is to kind of have a clear picture of what it looks like in mm-hmm. real time. So I've sent you a picture of Roanoke Island. It's off the coast of what's now North Carolina. Then it was Virginia. So I got confused because there is a Roanoke, Virginia, and then there's Mm -hmm. Roanoke Island, which is different. It's in North Carolina now. But when you're learning it in history class, they're like, it's Roanoke, Virginia. And I'm like, (sighs) I'm very confused. (laughs) Yeah. I, admittedly, I didn't know it was not in Virginia. <laughs> right. I mean, it it because it's very close. It's in the Outer Banks, which is like, if you live in Virginia, you know lots of people with the OBX stickers. Like, that's where you go for vacation, basically. That or Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's also so the Google the the Google Map that I took a picture of is kind of to show the geography of Roanoke Island from another island that's lower. It's now called the Hatteras Island. Uh Um, But back in the day, it had a different name, but we'll get to that. Okay. Um, So there's Roanoke Island and the Hatteras Island, which is basically like 50 to 60 miles via boat. Now there's like a big bridge that you can drive along to get from one to the other. It takes like an mm-hmm. hour drive. Um, but the big problem Hold with getting... Mm-hmm. An hour on the bridge? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like between islands. There's there's all these islands in between that, that are along this bridge. You're basically on a bridge for an hour? And 14 minutes, yeah. <laughs> Hold up. That's scary. All right. Yeah. What if Godzilla? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, looking at it, it's very scary to look at. But I think that you know that's uh, maybe people who live there are just like this is life. Like whatever. I, <laughs> but to me, know, I'm like, I, that's a oof. big bridge. Yeah. There's. I mean, there's big long stretches of land. 
between them. Godzilla like, don't care. I know. <laughs> Godzilla just says, let's me floss my teeth with the steel cables here. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but continue. <laughs> well, now I'm out. I don't remember where I'm at. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's good. Uh, shit. Um, oh, okay. So the thing that you have to remember about this area in particular, it is very chaotic water-wise. Like, like we're are... talking evil water? Yeah. Like, what? So there's like the Bermuda Triangle, right? Where people get lost and you don't know what happens to them. Mm-hmm. The Outer Banks is kind of like that as far as, you know, uh, exp- like colonization goes. Oh, so like everybody died and they're like, oh, they mysteriously disappeared. Not that they mysteriously disappeared, but they're like, oh, they were in the outer, ba- they were in this area. They're like, yeah, they're probably Oh yeah, they're dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, it just happened so often. Like just, just reading in this one area of like the story of Roanoke, so many ships have problems and they just constantly describe the the islands as very difficult to pass through mm-hmm. and there's storms and everything so they're like it's it's a nightmare so i'm like why would they set up an island here or why would they set up a settlement here i don't know someone thought it was a good idea mm. Upper management. Upper management thought it was a great idea. Um, and you know who that upper management was? Some English guy? Yes. <laughs> but I don't want to talk about the English guys first. I want to talk about the people who really matter. The people who were here first. Right on. Because there's some really cool people. So basically, the Carolina area was predominantly... Uh, tribes of a class under the language umbrella of Algonquin. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, various dialects of course, but Mm -hmm. basically the Carolina tribes speak a very similar language. There's the Roanoke who live presumably on Roanoke Island. Um, The Sakotan who also kind of share the area um, I, I don't want to say that they're similar to the Roanoke, but they, you know, shared areas and, and culture in a lot of ways, but, um, and then there's the Croton, the Croatan, mm-hmm. who were more on the Hatteras Island. So they're, yeah. So it was Croatan Island. Croatan is, Hurtan. is, uh, well, the Croatan are the people. Okay. And they but it's live. it's their island. Yeah, Hatteras Island. Yeah. And then there's the Roanoke people who lived on Roanoke Island. And then the Sakotan who lived also on the Roanoke Island, maybe on Hatteras, but like kind of all throughout. So. Mm-hmm. All of these tribes, and there were there are plenty more. There's a lot of people that, like, Algonquin language spreads all the way up into Canada 
and around. Like, it's a far-reaching language, and the people that speak it are far-reaching, but we're focusing here on Carolina. So sometimes the Roanoke people in the Croatan got along. Some, some other tribes within them did not get along. Uh, the Sakotans were kind of like back and forth, basically. Um, but yeah, those are the three big tribes that I found relating to the story of Roanoke. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring up the, the Sakotan is because they kind of, they and the Roanoke people um, are both attributed to this one town. Like it's a one city. It's considered kind of a capital city almost. I want to get this right. Dasamangwe Punke. And you're certain you got that right? No. <laughs> it, there's no pronunciation things anywhere, so I'm just... Oh, because of course not, you know. I, yeah. I'm just shooting in the dark. <laughs> so um, based on my phonetic understanding of uh, the language, which is very limited. It's more than me. <laughs> So basically, this this city is a big cultural center for the people on Roanoke Island. So Mm -hmm. that can include the Sakotan and the Roanoke people. Um, It's not very clear on the difference between the two. I've tried to look, and I'm like, I I think that both of them shared it or something. Okay. Someone's going to tell me that I'm wrong, and that's okay, because I need to be educated. The Sakotan exist. I, I don't have any big main key players for them, but for the Roanoke people, I have one Chesse, who was an influential leader. Um, it's unclear if he was a chief. Some people say that he was. Some people say that he was just very influential in his community. Um, but he was a very big deal as far as his relations with the English. Uh-huh. So he was kind of the representative of Roanoke for the English. Um, okay. And then of the Croatan people, there was Manteo, who was the son of the chief of his tribe, who was his mother. Oh. Yeah, okay. that was pretty cool. Um, but so the English called him the chief, but actually... Uh, He technically is not next in line because that's not how they do. That's not how they do it on their, in their tribe. (laughs) The English are just like, this is the guy that's in charge, you think? Yeah. (laughs) They're like, he's the chief now, right? And she's like, what? And everyone's like, what? And and Manteo is like, yes. (laughs) So... Um, so Wanchese and Manteo are very big names within this story. Um, okay. Manteo is also a key player with the English. Uh, they, the two of them represent different sides of relations with England. It's really great. I, it's, it's interesting to find out about them. So 
my brother. <laughs> so um, that's everybody who lives here and actually has claim to the land. Now that we've uh, established the land and who it belongs to, we're going to get into the people who think it belongs to them. Got it. The big name from England is Sir Walter Raleigh. He that was guy. A, that guy, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker, I've heard of that guy. Yes, yeah. He is a big name when it comes to the colonization of North America. Um, he... Uh, he's got a rap sheet a mile long. I... <laughs> I mean, uh, he, he's kind of more of the courtier, so he's more on the, like, uh, rubbing elbows side of colonization, where he didn't do a lot of the actual traveling himself, but he procured the charters uh-huh. for, pe- for these colonies. Mm-hmm. He begged Elizabeth I to... Uh, help him get a colony set up in uh, specifically Virginia, which hasn't been named Virginia yet. He just was like, "We need to we'll get people it. over." Yeah, we we'll call to- it Virginia. <laughs> we need to get people over there because you know <laughs> it will be Virginia after yeah. you, <laughs> virgin. Yep, totally, <laughs> totally a virgin. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, God, I mean, with those teeth, maybe. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Loyalists are going to beat me up, but you know what? That's okay. I don't care. Um, basically. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, I apologize. I mean, she... Like famously did not smile because her teeth were disgusting. Like really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's why all of her portraits are I mean, most people's portraits have them smiling without their teeth because you know they're standing for a long period of time. But she like famously would not smile. That's hilarious. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to make any claims, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was one of those people who like George Washington had fake teeth mm. that didn't belong to her. Love that stealing teeth off the battlefield and just putting them in people's mouths. Ooh. Or, you know, forcefully taking them. Yeah. So guys, this episode might be a little deep, a little dark, but you know what? We're going to power through it, and we'll still make jokes, because it's fun to make fun of the English. It's very easy to do. It's very easy to do. (laughs) Listen. I've got Anglo-Saxon in my blood, so this is, I'm just like, I get it. It's okay, my friend is white. (laughs) It's okay, my friend is white. Yeah. She said she doesn't mind. Oh my god. I'm only a quarter white. Does my opinion count? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. So yeah, so Sir Walter Raleigh, he um you know, he, he begs Queen Elizabeth to let him go let him send somebody to the New World to lay the New World to lay claim 
for the crown and because you know everybody else is over there the spanish the portuguese the italians they're all doing their thing and she at that time had been dealing with like irish uprisings the increasing of the spanish fleet like things were getting heavy over there so she was like i don't know i i don't maybe and he's like please 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 oh please please she's like if it'll get me if it'll get you off my back fine go (laughs) so he recruits ralph lane who was the first governor of the colony um he heads there to virginia with a uh basically a military group uh they're prepared to deal with anything and to set up the colony in the beginning so it's kind of like it's a smaller group of guys and they're prepared for anything so uh but the problem was was that by the time they got to to roanoke Mm -hmm. um they didn't have any supplies they didn't get along with the indigenous peoples and they really were not cut out for this like (laughs) they weren't explorers they were they were military people and they're like you know they know how to do do things like do physical labor but i mean can you imagine going to a place that you never that no one you know has been before and building from the ground up no exactly (laughs) like you're like what do you do like where do you start and like i mean i mean usually i look for an apartment and a job first but then you know they have to (laughs) go and get the sticks and then they have to go dig the mud and then they have to give the mud a phone call they're like hey do you have any openings right now and the mud's (laughs) like you know i I don't know you don't really have the qualifications that i'm looking for and they're like your credit's not great Do you have any like saleable skills? And they're like, I could kill a man. And they're like, we're looking more for people who um, thrive in a fast paced and challenging <laughs> environment. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how well do you deal with conflict? Can you resolve it amicably? Well, usually I kill the guy first. Well. <laughs> Can't say that that's what we're looking for. Better Mm -hmm. luck next time, bro. Don't call us. We'll call you. (laughs) So, yeah, pretty much. I mean, these guys, they, I mean, they're just a small band of, like, 60 people. They're just dudes. Yeah, and they get out there and they're just like, this is hard. So, (laughs) um, Lane fucks off. He leaves. And goes back to England with this other guy, Sir Francis Drake. Um, this is in... I, I'm not going to give a lot of years because there's... It's it's all within the span of 10 years. I've heard of Sir Francis Drake. 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 Sir Francis Drake. Um, <laughs> it's a video game I played. Oh. Which one? It's Uncharted. Oh. You would like watching that. Probably. It's it's about a guy named Nathan Drake. He also steals things. Mm. 
Well, this Sir Francis Drake was an explorer, sea captain, privateer, slave trader, naval officer, and politician. English. He's English. Straight up sucks, bro. Um, (laughs) He's not a really big deal in this story. Um, He exists, and we know that he's done some stuff. But anyway, Grenville is another name that's popped up. Um, He's another white guy who arrives two weeks later to Roanoke. And then he (laughs) also went home to England, leaving behind another small group to protect Roanoke. Can can you guys save this spot for me? (laughs) Yeah, that's basically it. (laughs) He's like, Oh my God. He leaves these guys and they're like, okay. (laughs) Why are you Um, doing this to us? Except with an accent. Can we get that in an accent? Why are you doing this to us? There we go. Mine always has a lisp. Yeah. Well, it's, that's good. <laughs> why, um, why are you doing this to us? I don't understand. And this is all sorts of all sorts of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, before Lane and Drake left, our good buddies Wanchese and Menteo, which I just read, Wanchese may have been Sakotan. Sik- instead of Roanoke. So this is conflicting. I've got two different sources saying that one, he's a Sakotan and two, he's a Roanoke. So if anyone wants to go out there and tell me one way or the other, I'm sure everybody's arguing about it. I, that's fine. (laughs) So uh, Wanchese and Menteo both uh, worked with the English to help them kind of build themselves up. Manteo specifically was very excited to help the English get through their first winter. And he was eager to help them in every way that he could. From what I, from what sources say, he was very interested in a lot of what the English had to offer as far as technology. He thought, he thought things were really cool, like watches and stuff like that of course this is from the perspective of white people so it's maybe he wasn't all that impressed but they're like oh he's so impressed with us and he's just like i mean that's nice but also like i just like getting to know you guys so i don't know and i was sitting here thinking he was like a gadget geek you know like how some people are just like oh my god it heats itself you know, I got one of those mugs that 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 heats themselves. Fucking amazing. Fucking yeah, like fantastic. He may have been he may have been a total gadget geek, which I think would be really cute for his character. I don't know anything. I don't know a whole lot about him. I kind of am interested to learn about him and Wenchese. Manteo and Wenchese, they uh they kind of were on different ways helping the people of helping the settlers of Roanoke to thrive. They both were chosen because of how much they helped the people of Roanoke. They both were selected by uh, Lane to return with him to England. Mm -hmm. So they both left their people 
got on the boat and joined Lane when he returned to England and left everybody behind. The guy whose name starts with a G. Grenville. I was about to say Gilbert. Grenville <laughs> threw and then he went back to England. Um, so he left some more guys at Roanoke and then went back to England. And while they're in England, Wanchese and um, and Manteo, they, you know, they cause a sensation. People are nuts over them. They're like, my God, he's so foreign and exotic. Look at his nice hair and his different bones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everything about them is so different. He has melanin. Yeah, they were obsessed. <laughs> Some people were scandalized and disgusted by them. Other people were mm, intensely fascinated by them. They were, you know, viewed as kind of like a sideshow um, by the by the higher ups, as they tend to do. Yeah. So, uh, but on the opposite end of this coin, there was a. Okay, um, so his name was Thomas Harriet. Based on what I've read, he's probably another bad white guy. Um, but he <laughs> he helped to he helped both Wanchese and Menteo learn English, and in turn, they taught him Algonquin. So he developed kind of an alphabet for translation. So okay, when it was time, Lane did not go back to North America. He told the Queen and Sir Walter Raleigh of his progress and they were like, okay, so you've you've got friends there at least. Like maybe not everyone likes us, but at least you've got some friends and you can make it work. They're like, yeah, the land is plentiful. We've got tobacco and corn. And they're like, this is great. And so she's like, all right. Well, Walt, let's go ahead and uh, send another send another crew. Instead of sending Lane, they send John White, which is the whitest name I've ever heard. No, well, it, it literally. <laughs> it's literally in the name. Um, they send Sir John White on an expedition to establish the quote-unquote city of Raleigh in the Chesapeake Bay. During a stop to check on Grenville's men in Roanoke. Flagship pilot Simon Fernandez forced White's colonists to remain on Roanoke. He's going to Raleigh. Uh-huh. And he's bringing not military men. He's bringing middle-class people, including his family. Okay. And a member of his family is his pregnant daughter, and her husband. Uh-huh. So they sail to Virginia. They're hoping to get to the Chesapeake Bay to establish the city of Raleigh. But Grenville is like, he's like, you, you've got you to gotta be here in Roanoke. Um, so White is like, okay, but we don't have like enough supplies for this. I don't know. They're, they're all, these people are crazy. So clearly, like, why would you, why would you go anywhere, start a colony without like, why would you do, why would you do this? Um, So (laughs) it's just madness. Um, 
I mean, they, I know why. It was glory of God and gold, and they were all obsessed with gold. They're like, they swore that the that the Sakotans knew where they could get some copper, and the Sakotans are like, bro, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and it didn't help that some sometimes they're like, dude, what do you mean? And then other times they're like, oh yeah, I've been to the city of gold, and they're like, oh my god. <laughs> been where (laughs) yeah yeah so they're like yeah you'll never get there because we'll beat the shit out of you and you know the english suck so (laughs) they took that literally (laughs) they moved the people the colonists into roanoke but white the the guy he uh returns to england with fernandez intending to bring more supplies back to the colony in 1588. But there's a problem. Uh Uh-huh. The Anglo-Spanish War. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-oh. So that, he he was like, I have to get back to Roanoke. I have to get back to to these people. They're my, my family, my people. And Elizabeth's like, I can't spare the ships. Literally, I cannot spare the ships. And he's like, oh my God, I, <laughs> lady. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you, man. And so he's like, okay, what if I take this boat? This boat is not capable of warfare. And she's like, yeah, all right. So he takes that boat and then he goes back. And because, you know, it's the ocean, <laughs> It does not work out great. He gets off course, off course again, just off course all the time. And then when he finally gets up to where he needs to go, he gets up to Roanoke, he gets off the boat, he runs to the settlement, and nothing is there. Everything's been abandoned. But there is something that's very different. And what is that? The whole area is surrounded by a wall, like a big wooden palisade. So they built a wall. Mm-hmm. So they built a wall around their colony. So now it's kind of more like a fort. Uh-huh. And written along the palisade is the word Croatoan, which is what has got people losing their minds for decades. Okay. And that's where we've got our time, I think. And that is part one, everybody. So if you want to find out the rest of this supposed mystery, uh, join us next week and we will tell you the rest. Well, Karen will tell you the rest. I'm going to keep listening and then gasping at all the right places. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a good night. Good night. Yeah.